Yeah, it's kind of gotten strictly business between the three of us. I feel like it used to be all pleasure. Yeah, and then it was business, and then we were mixing business with pleasure. <laughs> we should well, we should go back to being friends and less like associates. Yeah, so, Kevin, what'd you make for dinner? I I just threw some some tomatoes and stuff together. Oh, like a ratatouille? It's just tomatoes. <laughs> I'm just eating you tomatoes. Just, you threw you threw them at each other. Yeah, I have a. <laughs> A bit of a rowdy neighbor. Yeah. He, he does not like when I practice my stand-up. Yeah. So I'd show him. But yeah. you threw it back at him like a That's Tomatina. Right. You're yeah. a little private Tomatina. If you could have any dinner right now, what would you have? Uh, What's your egg. favorite food? What's your favorite food? Probably sushi. Sushi? Hey, let, yeah, me take really a, like let me take a stab at this. Is it what? lobster bisque? For me? Yeah. It is lobster bisque. Thought yeah. so. I, I'm I saying thought it was sushi. either that or sushi, one of the two. Well, I'm just saying sushi to sound, you know, fancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, who who hears bisque and thinks that's a fancy lad? <laughs> <laughs> is bisque is a bisque like a red? Is it red soup? No, it's like a it's like a little dry roll. Oh, really? It's not yeah. a red soup. So no, cool. no, that's a that's a biscuit, Roger. Oh shit! Okay, uh, okay. A baguette is what he's thinking of. <laughs> How about this? I got another question for you. Yeah. A food-related question: Is there any food that you would die for? Oh, um, are you leading uh, us towards pizza? Do you want us to say pizza? I want. I don't know what you what you're willing to die for. I would die for. Um, I would die for a last meal on death row. On death row. Yeah. yeah. I just want. I hear it. They sound great. Death roll like a baguette, <laughs> <laughs> full circle. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, hey, uh, welcome to Story Hole. I am Baguette Joe. I'm Roger Biscuits. I, I'm um, Crate Master Kev. <laughs> Today, uh, I just want to talk about uh, some nostalgia factors. Something from my past, if and maybe it'll maybe it'll hit with you guys too. And I'm not sure uh, if we we saw the same movies and read the same books, but I think there's probably a little bit of overlap. I know where there's... this is going. Mm-hmm. We figured it out. Yeah, huh? I finally yeah. got there. I don't know. <laughs> so these days we see a lot of references to like 90s culture and like nostalgia, right? It's a big deal. We see a lot of reboots of like classic Saturday morning cartoons and live yeah. action adaptations of old Disney movies and stuff we grew up with, and. Uh, and some of it's like been rebooted successfully and some of it not so much, so like Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters, Wire the Wild Things Are. But uh, I have some very fond memories of books, and I was thinking in my head, a lot of them don't get remade. Uh, so like Goodnight Moon or the Berenstain Bears, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Do you guys have Did any? Should you call them Berenstain Bears? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? It's That's like Berenstain, I thought. It's I thought Baron- it was Berenstain. Berenstain Bears. Well, that's the whole thing, right? Everyone what? remembers it as Berenstein, but it's actually been Berenstain the whole time. We just been all of Maybe us have it's been just reading the Rammstein bears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Dust. it's> actually... <laughs> do more. It's no, just, I, I do don't ha- know where it goes. Do hast me porridge. <laughs> do, do hast. Do hast mish. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like phonetically I could actually sing that song, but if anyone speaks German, I would I, I would be uh, very embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. By saying some awful things. Yeah. 
where, where as opposed to the cute things that are probably the real lyrics. <laughs> hey, you mentioned um, uh, you mentioned scary stories to tell in the dark. They're making yeah. they're making that into a movie. I think Guillermo del Toro is directing it. Maybe no way. I is think that true? so. Yeah, I, I'm oh, pretty I sure. I hope it has that cool drippy ink vibe uh-huh. to it. Yeah. Yuck! The spiders crawling up my face, and there's a window washer outside, and a scarecrow. <laughs> Do the the window yeah. washer? Yeah, that one's actually it's a window viper, huh? Window viper. That's- yeah. That's, That's what scared it, yeah. me. Is the mm-hmm. it was the vibe part that got me. What are you yeah. talking about? Are you saying window washer with the German a, accent? It's window wiper with the German yeah. accent. The uh, window wiper. You'll have to read the book. We don't want to spoil it. For yeah. You. Okay. Go re- go read a book, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, today I want to talk about a story that was rebooted, but it seemed to either eclipse the original book or, at very least, just appeal to a younger audience that was kind of unaware of the book's existence. Uh, this book was a staple of my childhood. Uh, and it depicted a cross-hatched art style that you either see like on Money or like in a horticulture book. <laughs> Did you guys ever read? Uh, I never, I, I never read that, no. I didn't even know it was a book. Yeah, it's great. It's a great book. It's absolutely a staple of my childhood. Um, it's pretty short. And I decided to go back and reread it to see um, if, it, if it still held up. But uh, for the sake of just kind of getting the audience clued in here, I figured what I could do is kind of tell the story real quick. Uh, and compare it to the movie, so you guys could kind of get a. Did you see the? Well, let's start there. Did you see the movie? No, I didn't I see the have movie not. either. No. Oh my god. Okay, so here's where it gets wacky and wild. Is that I when I first saw the commercial for the movie, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Don't touch this!" And I just didn't want to watch it for ages. But then I watched the movie, and it is fantastic. It's yeah. very good. Yes, I actually have the DVD right next to my leg. Not, <laughs> and that's a coincidence because I actually watched it. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> yes, on my sock. computer. Yeah. It's been sitting on top of my speakers. Yeah, talk to my sock. It's been sitting here for a while. Well, anyway, if you guys didn't know it, that's this kind of this makes it. Very, very good. Okay, well, let's just let me talk. Hey, sit on Papa's legs. Let me uh, go ahead. Both you can I want the left knee. I'll just move out of the way, yeah. Roger. Sorry. <laughs> you guys can all just lay across my lap, okay? Okay. All right. So, face, face down, ass up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, the story version is a little bit different from the movie. So, let me just kind of set up the movie and then the rest of it's the same as the story, okay? The movie's about a hopeless romantic, and he's a dopey, science-inclined young man named Flint Lockwood. Flint builds a machine that controls the weather called the Flint Lockwood Diatonic Supermutating Dynamic Food Replicator, or Flintstimmerfer. <laughs> and uh, he has a strained relationship with his father, who runs the like, local tackle shop. But aside from that and falling in love with a local quirky weather reporter, this story basically follows the same gist as the book. Uh, in the book, we don't have Flint Lockwood. We have the perspective of a young girl named Kate eating breakfast with her brother Henry, while their grandfather recounts a seemingly tall tale about a town he grew up in. This town is called Chew and Swallow. <laughs> uh, Chew and S- yeah, that's a what a coincidence, huh? Uh, Chew and Swallow is a remarkably bland, boring dock town that has a history of strange food-based weather. The rain brings in all sorts of meals, and it's on a predictable basis. So much so that the town has come to rely on it. So there are like no real grocery shops or Taco Bells or Dal Tacos or anything. But after some time, the weather seems to shift, uh, and they start getting shitty food. And instead of it being like <laughs> hot dogs for dinner and steaks for breakfast, they start getting just gorgonzola cheese and overcooked broccoli and Brussels sprouts covered in mayonnaise on your birthday. What? And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it sucks, but they just get, the food starts getting like big and it gets weird and the sanitation department gets overworked and has to shut down because they can't keep up with the oncoming excess of all these weird giant foods. 
And as the storms get worse, the food size increases and becomes a threat to the livelihoods of these people. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And now the result is giant bread rolls smashing into cars and buildings. Baguettes is what we call them. Uh, floods crawl, <laughs> floods <laughs> crawl in of maple syrup over hills of pancakes. And shit's just getting wild. And it gets so bad that the town folk, they have to flee the town like an actual natural disaster. So things are looking kind of bleak. And the only thing that they can do is make life rafts out of gigantic stale bread and peanut butter. Uh, and the sandwiches actually look really good if you ever look at the book. Do they not uh, have wood or anything like that? What, is this <laughs> candy land? What's going on? No time for that, baby. You don't need to make everything make out of food. Well, I mean, that's what they had. It's still bread. Still bread's hard as wood. <laughs> at least balsa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they fashion um, themselves into these like uh, little rafts uh, made out of bread. And... Um, and sure enough, the whole town gets on their giant bread boats and they all sail across the sea until they find another island. And as soon as they, they you know, hit the new land, uh, they just have to, you know, take apart their boats, make houses out of them and just kind of start kind of mending and blending with the, the new people that live there. And this place doesn't have food weather, so they have to learn about like grocery stores and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's I mean, what's the best uh, what's the best food to survive a natural disaster, you think? Uh, a natural food disaster, or no, just a like a, like floods, earthquakes, fires. Do you get to choose one food? When you say food, is it an item like a corn, or do I get to say like Subway sandwiches has salad Subway built sandwiches. into it? Yeah, because that has a salad built into it. That's true. Is that going to help you though? I mean, I think I you're mean, on the I think you're on the right track when you said watermelon. Right, it's got a hard w- shell. Watermelon. It's juicy w- inside to protect you. <laughs> juicy inside so to you can make you. armor out of it. Armor, yeah. well, I'm just thinking that you get water and juice. So if you're in the desert, then you can still drink. How about yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking less about surviving and more about like these these guys built rafts out of bread. You know? Yeah, that's true. I, I feel I just, like a, a real life coconut because that the bread must have been <laughs> unreal life, right? Like very big. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very big. So, so a, a real life coconut. coconut. Well, no, just a regular coconut. I, I'm yeah. not going like James and the Giant Peach route. On this, just regular, because coconuts have the the kind of hollow inside, so it's a flotation device. That's true. But also has the liquid on the inside for for liquid, and then also has the meat on the inside for food. Yeah, and has a hard shell to protect yourself. And if you if the fire burns your clothes off, you can make coconut bra. Yeah. Oh yeah, you look nice during the apocalypse. Yep. Yeah. Um. Hey. Um. Can you get sick if you just drink like 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 a, a fruit? juice only like if i just had a bunch of coconut juice would- coconut juice gives you the poops it's a diuretic oh found that out the hard way oh yuck <laughs> yeah it's no good <laughs> oh i was thinking in my head i was thinking of a pineapple even though you guys are saying coconut oh uh, which would also still make a very sexy costume in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> naked with uh, the one on top of your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that a lot actually but uh, if there was a real apocalypse i would just eat dog food yeah, I mean, I mean, only, only if you had to, right? Nah, I might as well get used to it. <laughs> I think what you have to do is because everybody's going to be like shooting each other and fighting at Walmart and Costco to get whatever they can. Just go to a local mom and pop dog store, get a bunch of dry dog food, which will last forever, and then just go to then go to Taco Bell because no one's going to care about Taco Bell. Get all the hot sauce and 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 uh, mild sauce packets, and you put that on the dog food. You got yourself a good meal. Hot and spicy dog food, huh? Yeah, but you it's not that bad. Yeah. Would you only deter to the mild packets once you run out of all the hot no, ones? No, I've been I've been messing with that uh inferno lately. Oh shit, that Diablo? The hot one, whatever the hot the hot Diablo. Yeah, that's the one. Man, 
Careful, Joey. You gotta be careful. That's a diuretic. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole time I thought you were talking about uh, pineapple. <laughs> Sorry, that's stupid. Okay. So this is where it gets fun. Uh, in this world, obviously, it's all fiction and fun and games and stuff. There is kind of some subtle notes of a dystopian, well, not a dystopian future. It's like an apocalyptic future, but that's pretty much it. But what if I told you this? Uh, in the actual world we live in, there are a bunch of stories about large-scale food catastrophes all over the globe. <laughs> a bunch. Yeah. I love that. I kind of handpicked four of them, but there's a good chunk of other ones. These are the ones that most fit the food category, but I did actually find some others. Uh, these ones were just the ones I liked the best. Okay. Uh, so uh, here's some here's some tasty morsels to give you. Yeah, fill uh, me up. Now, granted, these all took place over the last bajillion years of <laughs> humanity, but just for the sake of fun and to make it more like kind of a chance to meet both of them, this is all a water into wine catastrophe in there. I mean, um, Jesus when he's just learning his powers. Yeah, he just yeah. didn't quite out get of control. It that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the Jesus incident. <laughs> <laughs> he was making wafers and made um, little little cheeses. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. That's where Jesus that's, came that's, from. I'm going to get in trouble for that. I'm going to go to hell for that one. You're not allowed to make fun of get in trouble with the, with the man upstairs on that one. Yeah. Frederick? <laughs> the guy who lives above me is a cop. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to tell you if he's a cop, man. Yeah, he's got to tell me. <laughs> Do you guys know that? <laughs> Sometimes I tell Bluto that he has to tell you he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dog, for anyone who doesn't know. All right, so we're going to pretend these are all happening on the same day just to make it more fun, okay? Okay. All right, so here you are. You're in Boston. You're going about your day. Um, how, how do you think you'd be spending your time? Are you a truck driver? Are you unemployed? A child? A blacksmith? A messenger? A firefighter? Uh, what do you think you're doing? Can I be the blacksmith? Uh, yes. You can I'm a child laborer. Okay, you're a child um, laborer. Okay, yeah. deal. I'm all sweaty uh, and I'm wearing overalls and no shirt. Papa. Yeah. Papa. <laughs> but this is, we're pretending this is modern day. Yeah. Is that correct still? Yeah, it's so correct. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're going about your business when quack, you hear like a sonic boom sound and it's followed by a bunch of clack, 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 like a machine gun. Oh, shit. And then you hear a low rumble approaching you like a train. Oh, and it no. wasn't a, a sonic boom or a machine gun. It's way worse. Gigantic storage tank bursts. The metal binding popped one by one. The rivets just kept shooting out together, resulting in a boom and some machine gun sounds. A tank that burst stood massive, 90 feet by 50 feet, and had almost two and a half million gallons of viscous liquid in it. What liquid is that, Raj? Uh, it's molasses. It's molasses. So apparently the weather temperatures got too cold around the tank, and it destabilized the pressure within the tank, causing it to burst. This made a 25-foot wave burst out of the tank. <laughs> So here's, here you are. You see all this molasses and it's coming at you. Um, uh, and, and here you are. You're, you're trying to use your blacksmithing skills to build something to protect yourself, Kevin. What are you going to do? I'm going to make a surfboard as fast as I can. Metal surfboard? <laughs> yeah. It's Good a much. viscous wow. material. Okay. That's pretty solid. And uh, Roger, you're a little boy. Yeah, I'm a... I'm a pretty chubby little boy, though. So I'm just going <laughs> to tuck that napkin into my overalls and open my mouth. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough, we'll just say that surfing is an option at this point, and eating is a less viable oh, no. option. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> it's only because so molasses, it's a diuretic I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the molasses is sticky and thick. It's very dark like oil, and it's traveling 35 miles per hour. Holy shit. So for shit. context, yeah, Usain Bolt 
he ran 28 miles an hour. So, so everybody's Bolt doomed. couldn't even outrun it? I bet you, you know, <laughs> shit hits the fan, he could get In out. Yeah. <laughs> I guess theoretically a human can run up to 40 miles an hour. But I don't know what they mean by theoretically. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. How? How? Let's crack that one. I mean, hey, I, I, let me just call Usain Bolt real fast and tell. <laughs> let me ask, ask him, hey, can you run faster? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the Boston Post reports that horses were trapped like flies on flypaper, oh, just man. stuck to the floor. Panic people were unrecognizable because they had so many layers of cake sugary badness all over their faces. <laughs> and then there's another report, and this is pretty much you, Roger. Another report from the Smithsonian recounts a first-hand experience of a little boy. Uh, his name is Anthony D'Astasio, but let's just call him Roger D'Astasio. <laughs> okay. You're walking homeward from your labor job with your sisters from the Michelangelo School, and you're picked up by the wave of uh, molasses. <laughs> and you're tumbling on its crest, and it's carrying you as though as if you were surfing. The, the molasses rolled him on the floor like a pebble, and then the wave kind of dim- diminished as it like, crossed over him. And then he heard his mother call his name, and he couldn't answer because his throat was so clogged with the smothering goo. That's a quote. Oh, man. But he passed out, and then he opened his eyes, and he saw three of his four sisters. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, one of his other sisters. Was the other one right behind her? Did he eat her? Uh, she, she didn't make it. <laughs> Did he eat her? No. <laughs> uh, no, she, she unfortunately perished in the, the molasses wave. How many people uh, died in the molasses wave? Uh, 21 dead, Holy 150 shit. injured, a couple of horses. Man, that's insane. The idea yeah. of a twenty-five foot wave of anything is terrifying, but something yeah. thick and gooey. Yeah, man, that's mm-hmm. insane and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what do you do? Run or run toward it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, of course, there's a lot of there are a lot of uh, a lot of bodies. Uh, and one <laughs> totally when, when ruined he, the molasses. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they tried to scoop as much as they could to use, but you know, yeah. um, I don't know. Uh, I had a joke, but I'm just going to cut it out, but I thought it was funny that uh, even though little boy described it as surfing over uh, or the, the molasses wave causing him to surf on the top of it, I like the idea of him surfing in his sister's memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, use what? that joke. That's a good joke. <laughs> he surfs to bring her back. <laughs> She's like 10 years old, though. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just leave that section in. Pretend I said that joke in a timely fashion, everyone. I had it pre-written. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so they had to like bring in a bunch of boats, and they dumped sand on the molasses, and they were like, shooting it with salt water, I guess, to get it out, but... I can't imagine that was an easy cleanup. So, you know, it's uh, crazy. So, yeah. though. You know what you get if you add molasses and salt water together? Um, taffy. Yeah, salt water taffy. So, oh my god, made, is that real? What a good guess. They just made their problem way worse. <laughs> so, I guess. I mean, what would you do with all that taffy? You have like, <laughs> do you just have a spongy floor? And I bet you that place just smelled and weird. Great. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, Can you imagine you know, the ant problem. Oof. Well, I mean. May, no, because I bet you the ants would come and then they would be full and then they would just leave. That's true. You could fill up all the ants in, in the whole world. Or man, maybe the, all the ants came in the whole world and took over. <laughs> they should just get ants. Why is that's actually kind of a solution? Let's just get a bunch of ants to go eat it all. Nobody yeah. wants that many ants around, Joey. <laughs> would you rather have a saltwater taffy town? Yes. Actually, I, I changed my mind. Yes. <laughs> okay, you are correct. All right. Well, we all survived. I mean, thank God. Thank God. Uh, but meanwhile, in Kentucky, wait—you don't know. What, you, you don't know what happens after that. 
that was it. They just cleaned it up. <laughs> people say it still smells like molasses from time to time. No, there were some people that, that got hit with the molasses. And then when they tried to do the salt water on them, they, it just hardened. And they had the, they were stuck like that. So they formed a gang, and it was called the Cavity Creeps. Oh, <laughs> that's where the Cavity Creeps came from. Yeah. They, they live out their days in a weird stasis between living and dead, full of sugar and hate. <laughs> and they just get their revenge by putting boring holes into people's teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough story for them. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why the Crest Factory was erected next door. Uh, let's go to Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> uh, so in Kentucky, there's this nice lady sitting on a porch of her farm. She's enjoying the view. She's making soap by hand. And then it starts to rain. But it's kind of pinkish, reddish rain. And it's slimy, gristly rain because it's not really just rain; it's a jellyish meat coming from the sky. Gross! (laughs) Meat rain. Meat rain. Somebody blew up. Was it a whale? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Was it a whale? (laughs) Well, this this mystery is going to unfold. So the farmer and his wife believe it to be an act of God because they couldn't tell why meat would be coming down on their farm. So sure enough, the meat rain stopped. And they call the authorities to come check it out. Newspapers caught wind of this, and thinking it was bullshit, they just showed up to find out what looked like chunks of beef caught on the fences and on the floor all dried up. Not knowing what it was, a few mysterious hunters came by, and they tasted it. Oh. <laughs> and they tasted it, and they said it tasted like deer, lamb, and bear meat. Wow. <laughs> they found three different samples. <laughs> What's truth is, the truth is, these are three different men, and they all, one of them said oh. deer, one said lamb, one said bear. I was like, <laughs> hunters, do you really... I picture them like with their mouths open and their tongues out when you try to catch a snowflake on your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> and just a chunk of meat just falling in their face. Well, initially she didn't describe it as like snowflakes. Oh, like weird little red snowflakes, but then it turned into like kind of a mush. Uh yeah, I just think it's I just thought it was funny. Like, well, who are these mysterious men? They're like the men in black of of, of uh, meat. <laughs> of meat. They're just coming, I'll do some inspections for you, no problem. Let me just get some of this fence meat real quick. <laughs> yep, bear. <laughs> uh so First, they tested the meat, and they thought it actually might be from a human baby. What? Yeah. But upon further investigation, it appeared to be more likely like horse lung and horse muscle. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, the meat itself was likely thrown up by a kettle of vultures who were flying really high. And the reason why they think this is because vultures have a defense mechanism in which they barf up whatever they've eaten to either lighten themselves or to leave food behind for a predator. But also... That they're kind of like humans, where if one of them barfs, the rest of them also do it. <laughs> for them, it's like instinctively to get out of danger. For us, it's because it's disgusting. So maybe like a bird attacked one of them, and there was an unusually large amount of vultures in that kettle. And then it just you know, still balled a bunch of barfing up of horse lungs onto a lady making soap. <laughs> so, so you think one of the vultures got spooked, he barfed. And then the rest of the vultures like, oh, sick, and started barfing too. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Good. I think yeah. one of them just was trying to pull a prank on the other ones. <laughs> it's like, hey, that one check guy this out. To barf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's a lady down there. Man, that makes it so much grosser too. It's not just meat rain; it's barf rain. Yeah. That's awful. Well, better than baby meat rain, though. I mean, this is horse meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We I went mean, through the whole spectrum on that story. <laughs> yeah. I also yep. like the idea that um, that if it was baby meat, that means baby meat tastes like bear, bear horse meat. Or, yeah. Or, or, or deer. Goat? Or deer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, if you had a fourth hunter in there, they would probably tell you it tasted like goat. So, mm-hmm. And a fifth you know, one would tell you it tastes like baby. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. And then we look at him and say, Glenn, how do you know that? <laughs> I was curious, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> Glenn, not a guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so, so meanwhile, this is, this, we're not just safe here. Let's go to London. Okay. Okay. We're going to go find the Horseshoe Brewery. Uh, they're pretty well known for their porter beer. And the brewery was growing in popularity, and it had recently just merged with another company owned by a really successful guy named Henry Mew, uh, which more or less gave the Horseshoe enough funds to erect a 22-foot-tall fermentation tank. Think of it like a giant booze barrel capable of holding about 3,500 normal-sized barrels. You know how big a barrel is. They're really big, right? Mm-hmm. As it goes, the cast-iron rings, they failed because they were like corroding, uh, and it caused the tank to erupt. And in doing so, the force released 270,000 gallons of beer, <laughs> and it started a cascading effect, not only just blowing up that little area, but it started to damage all the other large barrels of beer that were uh, in the um, uh, brewery. And it knocked over the support pillars of the brewery itself, causing all of the beer in the brewery to come out again in a 25-foot wave. Oh, shit. But the difference from this one is that molasses came out in a 25-foot wave and then subsided down to like more of a 5-foot uh, steady crawl around everything, whereas this one is just a tsunami of beer. <laughs> and it's a really compact little area in this town. So it washes out into this compact, like, London neighborhood. It's really dense. And it's destroying houses. And it's smashing into pedestrians. Holy and shit. it results into a bunch of people scrambling to climb structures to avoid the beer. Uh, but they can't. But the bad part is that nearby, there was a rookery, which is kind of a, a term for, like, a, a slum. And... Uh, a lot of people who lived there were poor or they were, you know, prostitutes or whatever. And some of them were living in basements. Oh, so no. all the beer floods into this little area and pours in, burying them all into these basements. And it fills them up and it drowns eight people uh, oh, in the beer. Yeah. Man. So can you imagine what it feels like with just, like, the carbonation up in your nose and stuff? Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you died doing what you loved. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I love basements. Drowning. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, eight, eight people died in that? Yeah, eight people drowned. But a bunch got hurt. A bunch of people got hurt. Dang. So, How many people yeah. died in the molasses flood? Uh, molasses, I believe, was 21. So molasses flood is the most deadly. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was London, rough. London beer flood, second most deadly. Uh, meat yeah. rain, only one one horse died. So, just a third. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of vultures went hungry. <laughs> uh, so, we're painting the picture now, right, guys? We, we see this planet and it's falling apart. Yeah. Um, and so, you're thinking probably yourself right now, all these food catastrophes are on land, right? You can't drown in molasses if it's in the sea, so we should head out to sea like in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll what there. if I told you you can't because the same shit happened to Honolulu and molasses poured into the sea and killed a bunch of sea life. Holy shit. There's another molasses flood? Yep. And there's also another beer flood too. What? Uh, but let's just get out to the sea, okay? okay. This stuff's so too dangerous. I, we got we to gotta stop doing this. No more <laughs> no, molasses, no more beer. <laughs> Those are my oh, two favorite it. foods. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I eat, baby. <laughs> okay. So, so let's get on this boat, right? Now, I don't have any stale bread. But I do have a Swiss freighter called the Casarate, and it's really, really big, like a like a Titanic ship. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, but 
in the real case of the Casarate, it was carrying 1,500 tons of tapioca from Thailand when a timber fire broke out. <laughs> what kind of fire? Let me just go ahead and say that again for the alliteration. Yeah. 500 tons of tapioca from Thailand when the timber fire broke out. <laughs> timber fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a wood fire, like all the wood caught on fire in the boat itself. They had tapioca and lumber? Yes. <laughs> well, they were. Just, it was a freighter. It was like gigantic. The tapioca, although it was uh, 1,500 tons, that was such a small portion of everything they had on board. Uh, but, I mean, it was a lot of tapioca. Lot of tapioca. And it was okay. also the most dangerous part of the boat because the fire starts on top of it and it slowly starts spreading downward and they're trying to fight this for literally 25 days and they're trying to keep it from getting to the bottom because if it starts to boil the tapioca it'll boil it'll cook it it'll make which will make it expand and blow up the ship holy shit yeah so the fire chief called it the tapioca time bomb oh my god i'm gonna go down there and save everyone (laughs) here i go (laughs) what's your plan Got a spoon. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, this time they were like super, super close to it blowing up, but they were actually able to uh, cool it off. And they even considered selling the pudding still. Which <laughs> 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 is really funny. It's good on the top. Yeah, yeah it's true. Still good, still good. <laughs> this probably makes it more fresh because it was cooked a second time. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't really know how tapioca works. Just like um, uh, beans. Yeah, refried. Yeah. Yeah, re- recooked tapioca. Mm-hmm. Good, good flavor, good texture. But yeah, so those were my favorite stories. Um, uh, there were some other good ones. Honestly, when I was doing this, I kept Googling. I Googled so many things like man dies by sandwich, oversized <laughs> donut, squishes guy, someone assaults someone with a burrito. And I couldn't find anything fun. But I did find a story about one guy who died in a giant coleslaw blender. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which just sucks. Like um, in a, like like a coleslaw factory? Or a coleslaw factory? Yeah, and he was trying to clean out this giant blender, but from what I understand, it's just like a blender you would use at home, not like a not like the choppy one, but like the mixer, like a cake mixer. Uh-huh. And so it just but it just mashed them all up. Oh, gross. Um, and then I also found out that apparently kids microwave gobstoppers cuz they're too hard to eat mm-hmm. and it turns the inside into molts, like molten death and then it explodes in their mouth. I've what? heard that. So, yeah. Yeah, the so outside is just a crunchy shell, and the inside is just red hot magma. Yeah, and they buy yeah. it, just burns them. That's what just seems crazy to me. A that anyone would even buy a gobstopper because that's terrifying. <laughs> it's called a gobstopper. Listen to that. That's that's, <laughs> that's a true. mouth choker. Mouth choker. That's what that means. That's, a that's death terrible. Machine. Yeah, death sphere. Um, but anyway, um, I actually went into this kind of anticipating that you guys had read Cloud of the Chance of Meatballs, and I wanted to kind of wrap up what actually ends up happening in the series for anyone else who who uh, was curious because there are actually two books that follow it. I didn't know that. Oh. I didn't know that either. The, yeah, the first one was written in like the late 70s, but they actually wrote the third one like five years ago. So even though you guys don't know the story, is it okay if I go ahead and tell – if Papa Papa tells the story? Could you give us a, a clip note real fast? Of the of what last two stories? In the, in the first story? I, I, I went over it in the beginning of this podcast. That the, was the thing with the – The boat and going to the – yeah, that's the whole thing. With the, yeah, the whole thing with the boat. Oh. That's the whole story. That's it's a kid story. It's really short. Oh, okay. So just yeah, lots of rain and the rain turns into like gnarly big stuff and it overruns the town. They have to leave. Oh, I was over, that's under it. the impression that the scientist guy saves the day. And like that's in the movie. In the movie, yeah, like uh, he he goes back and because he, he makes a machine. Yeah. Uh, and but uh, he stops the machine and uh, wins his father's. Uh, well, he doesn't even have to because his father was always proud of him all along. That <laughs> 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 no, was supposed to be like me. It's like a snot noise. Yeah. Oh, gross. That was a fart. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to hear what happens in the second two books. Okay, so so here we go. We have two follow-up books. The first one's called Pickles to Pittsburgh, uh, which <laughs> it establishes that this whole stuff is taking place in the United States. Honestly, from what I remembered, uh, the, the first story seemed ambiguous as to if it was real or not because, you know, they're kind of half from the perspective of the kids and half from the perspective of the old man. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear that the old man's just making up a story by the time you get to the, the second one and then you realize in retrospect, yeah, that's what was going on. Maybe it's because I just grew up and I realize that now. <laughs> the grandpa sends, a, uh, sends home a letter from his old folks bus vacation he is obviously not at home but the parents share the letter with the kids and when it's time to go to bed they dream about returning to chew and swallow and when they get back there they find that it's that it's completely overrun by gigantic food and there's a new ecosystem that's developed with broccoli trees uh, and like turkeys on the roofs and donuts and stuff but there's also giant veal cutlets which means that there's giant baby calves being slaughtered in heaven or space or something. Yeah. Uh, Which apparently are raining down, which takes us back to that meat ring, you know? Mm -hmm. It was, it was veal all along. Anyway, so there's a nonprofit company called the Falling Food Company and they come in and start packaging this stuff to end world hunger. They just want to send milk to Milwaukee and artichokes to Argentina and hamburgers to Hamburg. But then they also send French fries to Africa, which I guess is like Africa. I don't (laughs) know. I I couldn't figure that one out. I'll take it. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's just about this company that's trying to send all this weird food. They did make a second cloudy movie. <laughs> and uh, uh, in that one, it's the same basic idea, but it's Flint and his buddies, and they all return to the island. And it's, again, it's been over. It's kind of like Jurassic Park 2, where the dinosaurs have taken over. Um, anyway, so in the dream, they decide that they have to leave. So they hop on a Cessna, and they, they head down a bumpy bacon runway uh, while it's raining meatballs. And uh, and then they take off and they go home and and that's kind of it. Uh, and then the third book, which just came out uh, not that long ago, it's called Planet of the Pies. Book three opens up with a news report on the TV about astronauts landing on Mars. They find some sort of gelatinous goo in the air and on the planet's surface, and the newscaster joked it might be pie filling. Uh, Kate and her brother uh, go to bed this time, and now we're actually checking out the dreams of Grandpa as he snoozes off to sleep. He got back home and he's just watching TV. Um, Grandpa goes to Mars There's pies everywhere There's hotels There's aliens and junk And no one can speak the alien language But luckily for us Grandpa took Martian Instead of Spanish in high school So he starts <laughs> to speak to them uh, And he proposes that they start a business Where the aliens partner with him To sell pies to Earth They go through the FDA And the space pies are, <laughs> space pies are clear for sale And then uh, Grandpa wakes up And makes a pie There's a one little Sorry, there's a side note, and, and it's that the, the the news reporter who said like he initially said, oh, uh, maybe maybe it's my, might be pie filling on the surface of Mars, uh, and uh, then he had to make a public <laughs> public apology because people thought it was serious, and then <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, there's gonna be pie everywhere, and they're printing it in newspapers <laughs> and stuff. But that's that's it. That's literally the book. <laughs> that's the that's the trilogy, the Cloud of that's the trilogy. <laughs> yep. So. That's- People get run out of town. Uh, some company comes in and starts for free packaging all the food and sending it to uh, countries that need it. And then uh, they go to Mars and they make a deal with Martians to send pies to Earth. <laughs> but that, that's, that's all right. in so, his dream, right? These are all dreams, yeah. Okay. So, well, the first one's a tall tale. The, the second two are dreams. So, okay. yeah. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. All right. Is that all right? The rest all right. Of see the you story? later. <laughs> Is that the end of the story. Yeah, that's it. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm okay, going to go check looking. out that movie. Yeah. It's great. Like, it's so good. 
Yeah. I was, look, I was looking at other uh, other food disasters. There's one other one that I saw. It's a it's a Pepsi fruit juice flood in Russia. Uh, Hit us with it. In 2017, there was a, a giant Pepsi warehouse, and the roof collapsed unexpectedly, and it broke all their tanks. And their tanks were filled with fruit and vegetable juices. So 176,000 barrels, which is 28 million liters of pineapple, apricot, grape, mango, and grapefruit juice spilled out into the city. And uh, didn't kill anybody, but messed up messed up the city and messed up the um, the aquatic ecosystem of the Don River in Russia. Hmm. So that's crazy because uh, I mean that's gotta suck so bad for those fish. Yeah, it probably just stings getting in their eyes. But also, what's Pepsi doing with the giant warehouse of pineapple and mango juice in Russia? Uh, Pepsi owns a, a bunch of different companies. They own like. Um, uh, all like the Frito Lay stuff. They own okay. like all like a bunch of different juices companies. They, so you're Pepsi- telling me that mango isn't the secret ingredient to Pepsi? Roger, Roger, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> I think it's we're, Russia. I think have we're you seen what's going on with? Well, you've seen what's going on with Russia. You can't say anything about them. <laughs> I, I do not back his statement, Russia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I can confirm it's not. But it is one of the twenty-three for Dr. Pepper. <laughs> It's probably true. Oh, so. fuck it. It's true. Russia, come get me. I don't even care anymore. I need to tell everyone the truth. That's That was my acting voice. Did it sound real? It's your integrity as a as a journalist on this yeah. podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, that's kind of that. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all of my food stories. Hey, good. Which, which of the disasters would you choose to be in if you had to be in one of the three? I mean, am I going to die? No. I'll say just to keep things even that uh, you're not one of the ones who dies. Okay, but if I'm not one of the ones that dies, they, then I would... Other people do die around you with the other ones. Ooh. Um, I mean, I guess my answer either way is the molasses flood. Because if I don't die, then that's just pretty fun and funny. Um, and if I do die, that's probably the best way to die. I mean, I think it'd be painful and terrible, but I would like to be remembered Dude. as somebody that died in the molasses flood. You don't want to die trying random meat off a fence? <laughs> <laughs> just getting hit in the head with a giant piece of meat? Yeah. <laughs> what, would they, what would your epitaph say? What would the news reports say? Local loser has a great time dying in molasses. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably get the nickname like Sweet Baby Roger. You know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. I like that. Yeah, You could go into Bank Robin with that name. Yep. But also, I guess uh, you'd be a hero if you died fighting the tapioca fire. So yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. I kind of think I want the nickname. That's pretty good. The yep. beer one sounds fun yeah, to me. Yeah, the beer one's the best. I was thinking – what would be cool about the meat one is that you get to add to that endless roster that uh, that Bubba was talking about in Forrest Gump of all the different types of rain. He never said meat rain. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm. Remember that scene? No. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, then, are you talking about when he's talking about all the different kinds of shrimp? Oh, is that what it is? I think so. Um, maybe that's what but it is. I don't is. know. I don't know. I've only seen that movie once. I hate well, that shrimp movie. Well, is, shrimp is meat, right? That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. Then I then, the, then it still stands, everyone. Rain um, shrimp. Now, the, dude, the beer one for sure. Because if you still have to watch people die, it's not like I'm hanging out where all the prostitutes are. So I'm not going to see anybody drown in a basement. I'm just going to be swimming in a big beer. I would do that anyway. I mean, you're assuming that you're rich, right? Because that's just where the poor people are. So I don't think that's very fair of you. You're like, I'm not going to die because I'm not poor. Uh, am I, though? I no. mean, you might be in London. I guess it's what's true. The, if it's you right now. The, okay, let's go look at the, uh, the, the, the what is it called? When you, what's the translation rate? What's it called? I, never, I don't travel. Currency. Currency transfer. exchange rate? 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah exchange tra- rate. Transfer. Exchange rate. Okay. Yeah. So if we look at the exchange rate, is my as my my uh, monetary income something that I could be? No, you're right. Could, if it's you, if it's you today, then yeah, yeah, you're fine. You wouldn't be in the basement. So you're That'd right. Be great. You're good. Mm-hmm. Have you seen those? Like it's like a a home s- submarine. Like you put your, like your front part of your body in it, and then you can just kind of like jet around like this little submarine. What? You guys never seen that before? Like you or take it you, to the beach or something? Yeah, and you, it's like a little personal personal submarine. I've not seen that. I'm oh very God. interested then, in it though. Personal submarine. If I got my hands on one of those, I don't think you guys would ever see me again. <laughs> see, there's a couple ones that are pretty cool, but there's one that specifically I like. This okay, there's one right here that looks like. Um, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Like a, uh, a moped. <laughs> I like that you're so familiar with personal submarines that you have favorites that you're sending us right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got dreams too. Why do you think I'm doing this? So, is your plan is that you're going to submarine through the through the beer? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you not think that that sounds like the most fun? Oh man, that's very good. <laughs> oh my god. And there's like this cool mech thing that looks like a. Um, Alien 2. So that's not like um, a helmet. She just ducks her head underneath there. Yeah, just for listeners, what we're looking at is a picture of a woman riding. It looks like a bicycle, but it's a submarine. So you straddle one part and you're sitting upright on it and you're holding on to yeah. handlebars and there's just a bubble on your head. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's also one that looks like a shark and there's also another one that looks like the weird um, uh, personal module. That that uh, they use in 2001 Space Odyssey. It looks exactly like that, as far as I'm concerned. Wow, this one looks uh, intense. How much do yeah. these go for, Joey? Uh, very expensive, like three thousand dollars to upwards to like three thousand dollars. That's yeah. not that much money. Yeah, like like the cheapy ones are, are very cheap. The, the big ones you're looking at are very expensive. But like I this guess guy over here, if you're gonna uh, go in a submarine, you probably don't want to go for the budget submarine. Yeah. Yeah. Now check out these guys though. This is one you just hold on to. And so it's just like um like a it looks like a I don't know. Like, it looks like you're hanging on to an actual like manta ray. And and the manta ray you're just swimming you along like in what's it called? Like on that documentary Finding Nemo. Mhm. You guys want to uh read some comments? Yeah. You guys read them. I don't want to. Um, I did the last one, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, we do have a new comment, actually. This is from this is from Cheech220, and he says, incredible, five stars. These guys are hilarious. From Roger's butt obsession. I, does, am I really obsessed with butts, guys? I mm. don't want to say. Do you, have a, do you have a tattoo that has the word butt on oh, it? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says from Roger's butt obsession, Joey's all world laughter to Kevin's reaming every week has so many laugh out loud moments for me. Their positivity and charisma makes this by far my favorite podcast out there. 10 out of 10 would recommend. By the way, where does Ashton Kutcher and a monster go on vacation? Mm, um, the Bahamas? Butterfly uh, Effect Island? Demi Morrigan. <laughs> like, like Oregon? Yeah. Uh, you did it. You did hey, it. Cheech 220. You found the good joke. That's even, uh, you think it's actual Cheech? Because it's like Cheech Marin and the number for weed, which is 220. <laughs> yeah, just we smoke a little bit. <laughs> Thanks, Cheech. You're the best. We love you. Thanks, Thanks Cheech. Thanks. If anybody else wants to leave a comment on our iTunes, we'll read it on our show out loud, no matter how awful you are. So, mm-hmm. how awful you are. Mm hmm. 
how awful the yeah. comment is. I don't want to throw shade. <laughs> hey, listener, you suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what if they? Hey, what if they're just really bad at leaving a comment? You know, we'll yeah, still read so. it. <laughs> we'll read anything. Uh, also, we do like getting five stars, but we also like getting angry, mean comments. What is going on, just, guys? We've been asking we just want for to get like one months. mean comment. Yeah, we can't get one one mean comment. It's not like you guys aren't commenting. Just make a mean part of it or something. Yeah. Just give us a little. We're mean. trying yeah. to we're trying to drum up some drama. You know, we want to get <laughs> yeah. we want to get angry about something. Yeah. So they say they say well, is it something like like. All news is good news, or something. Isn't that a saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, like, we need to get some news. All comments are good comments. Dro- yeah. Mm-hmm. We like that. Yeah. Uh, everybody's, also, feel everybody's free to send good. us. Everybody's just very clever. All their all their yeah, comments are just very good funny. and very clever. We've got funny funny in our podcast. Yeah. 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 So I'd like um, that to change. Cool. Uh, hey, if you want to send us an email, uh, store whole podcast at gmail dot com, and if you want to uh, add us on Instagram. That's kind of my informal way of seeing if we have listeners. <laughs> so add us on Instagram, story whole podcast at uh, Instagram, whatever. <laughs> um, Great. Do we cover everything? I think so. I think that's it. Website. What's uh, it? Yeah, and if you want to go to our website, it's storyholepodcast.com. And that shows and that. where you can get like the podcast from anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Has links to all all of our platforms. Hey, how do you guys feel about the brands that we're developing for ourselves with Roger's butt obsession, Joey's laughter, all world laughter? I don't really think all world just laughter that covers the whole world. You know, it's it's the universal language. Yeah, that's cool. Starts the Civil War, or not the Civil (laughs) War? No, (laughs) it was the Revolutionary War. Damn it! That was a shot shot heard around the world. Uh, hey man, I got my bubble gump fact wrong, so that's okay. I don't know how I feel about being just obsessed with people reaming me, though. <laughs> well, the shoes did you know? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's try to rebrand ourselves next yeah, maybe episode. Add some branding well, I'm to it. I want to be the hot guy. Yeah, I want to be the hot I've guy. The, I've never been the hot I guy. I want to be the hot guy. Okay, Joey and I, are, we're going to be the hot guys. Kevin, you're going to be hot guy. Yeah, I'll be the hot guys. Yeah. Let's okay. get one hot guy together where we both wear one pair of pants. Yeah. Do you want top or bottom? Uh, le- the left leg. Okay. The right leg. I want the right. I changed my mind. Okay. God, I'm never going to be the hot man without this <laughs> with this indecisiveness. Thanks, everyone. Thanks Bye. for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.